0: It's Friday, June the 19th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist, sponsored by TD Ameritrade. Coming up, great news for dreamers and cyber attacks in Australia. First, the world in brief. America's Supreme Court ruled that President Donald Trump cannot immediately end DACA, a programme that protects the rights of residents for 700,000 young people brought to the country illegally as children. Mr Trump had pledged to end the programme during the 2016 presidential election. The president was also slapped down by Facebook, which removed a campaign ad that it said contained a Nazi symbol, an inverted red triangle. The Trump campaign said the sign had been appropriated by Antifa, anti-fascists. Scott Morrison, Australia's Prime Minister, said his country is being subjected to a large-scale attack by a sophisticated state-based cyber actor. Mr Morrison declined to name names, though suspicion fell immediately upon China, with which Australia has fallen out over the coronavirus. The attack was focused on all levels of government and industry, and essential service providers, he said. Wirecard, a German digital payments firm, revealed that it is missing around 1.9 billion euros, 2.1 billion dollars in cash balances, around a quarter of the value of its balance sheet. EY, the firm's auditor, said there were indications that a trustee of Wirecard's bank accounts had tried to deceive the auditor with spurious balance confirmations. The news knocked more than 60% off Wirecard's share price. American workers made 1.51 million new unemployment claims last week, down slightly from 1.57 million the week before. The country's economy has shown signs of improvement in recent weeks. Hiring and retail spending surged unexpectedly in May, but economists caution that layoffs are likely to remain high as some businesses close permanently. The Bank of England announced a £100 billion, $124 billion boost to its bond-buying programme to support Britain's coronavirus-weakened economy. At the same time, it kept interest rates at 0.1%. The decisions followed news that the economy shrank by 20.4% in April, the first full month of lockdown, though the bank suggested the economy has since started recovering. Brazilian police arrested Fabricio Queiroz, a driver who worked for the son of Jair Bolsonaro, the country's president. Public prosecutors have been investigating allegedly suspicious financial activity in Mr Queiroz's accounts at the time he was driving for the presidential offspring. Flavio Bolsonaro tweeted that he was not concerned about the arrest and that truth will prevail. And Dame Vera Lynn, a singer famed for entertaining British soldiers during the Second World War, died at the age of 103. Known as the Force's sweetheart, Dame Vera made the White Cliffs of Dover a symbol of home in a popular song. The Queen made reference to another, We'll Meet Again, in an address to the country during the COVID-19 lockdown. And now, here's today's agenda. Hurry with a cringe. Trump in Oklahoma. Tomorrow, President Donald Trump holds his first rally for three months in a 19,000-seat indoor stadium in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Mr Trump said nearly one million people had requested tickets. Organisers may open other venues nearby to host the overflow. Mike Pence, the vice president, also plans to attend. The rally was first scheduled for June 19th, a holiday celebrating the end of slavery in America, but moved after an outcry over the date and location. In 1921, white Oklahomans massacred nearly 300 African-Americans and destroyed more than 1,200 homes in the wealthy Greenwood district of Tulsa, known as Black Wall Street. Oklahoma and Tulsa County have both recorded COVID-19 cases spike recently. Bruce Dart, who heads Tulsa's health department, called the rally the perfect storm of potential over-the-top disease transmission. Mr. Trump accused the media of trying to COVID-shame us. Attendees have had to sign waivers promising not to sue if they fall ill. Testing Times Europe's Recovery Fund Coronavirus presents the European Union's greatest challenge in its history, according to Angela Merkel. The EU is facing a moment of truth, says Emmanuel Macron. To meet the test, the German and French leaders want the EU to issue hundreds of billions of euros in common debt to fund a recovery plan for member states ravaged by COVID-19. Today the bloc's national leaders will meet virtually to discuss a similar proposal from the European Commission. But even by EU standards they are woefully divided. Today they will squabble over what share of the funds should be distributed in grants and what share in loans, what rules should govern its distribution, how governments should spend the money they receive, and what conditions should be attached to the money. With all this to iron out, perhaps the only thing the leaders will agree on today is the date of their next attempt to strike a deal. Deal or no deal? Peace in Sudan. The interim government hopes tomorrow at last to sign off a peace agreement with rebels in Darfur and other states ravaged by conflict. This would help to end the instability that has plagued the country almost without interruption since its independence from Britain in 1956. Several hurdles remain. One is the question of security arrangements in Darfur, a region the size of Spain, which suffered a genocide at the hands of a government-backed militia in the early 2000s. Darfur is still crawling with armed groups, including the notorious Rapid Support Forces, a paramilitary organisation controlled by Mohamed Hamdam Dagalo, the most powerful man in Sudan's interim government. Another is the problem of spoilers like Abdel Wahid al-Nur, the most influential but least compromising Darfuri rebel leader. He has an estimated 2,000 fighters at his command, but refused to join the talks. Earlier deadlines for a comprehensive peace have been missed, so might this one. Getting Over the Disappointment – Shanghai Pride Shanghai's annual Pride festivities wrap up on Sunday, The celebration is marked by events over several days, rather than, as in many other cities worldwide, a parade. This has been the case since Shanghai Pride was established in 2009 as the only formal LGBT festival in mainland China. It made particular sense this year as the pandemic has made people wary of large gatherings. Events included a job fair, two charity runs and a film festival. Chinese attitudes towards LGBT identities have become more tolerant since 2009, especially in big cities like Beijing and Shanghai. But this year's festivities took place under something of a cloud after China's parliament announced in May that it would not consider the issue of same-sex marriage. This was particularly galling for supporters because the parliament had surprised many by acknowledging that citizens had offered views on legalisation during a public consultation on family-related law. Activists said they would keep pushing for marriage equality. Dream On The Supreme Court rescues DACA. For the second time this week, the Conservative Chief Justice John Roberts joined his Liberal colleagues in a ruling that raised Donald Trump's hackles. On the heels of a pro LGBT rights decision, the Supreme Court ruled the President acted illegally when in 2017 he announced a rollback of protections for young immigrants known as DREAMers. In Chief Justice Roberts' eyes, Mr. Trump's weak rationale for scrapping DACA, deferred action for childhood arrivals, made its cancellation arbitrary and capricious in violation of administrative law. Mr. Trump called the decision shotgun blasts into the face of Republicans and pledged to start this process all over again. A more coherent justification may indeed afford Mr. Trump another chance to reverse Barack Obama's executive order. But for now, and probably until after the election in November, 700,000 dreamers can breathe more easily. Do you get the impression, the President asked, that the Supreme Court doesn't like me?